0: in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Psalms, Psalm 148, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him from the skies. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all the armies of heaven. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you twinkling stars. Praise Him, skies above. Praise Him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord. For He issued His command and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decrees will never be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey Him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, Kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of all the earth, young men and young women, old men and children, let them all praise the name of the Lord for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He has made his people strong, honoring his faithful ones. The people of Israel who are close to him praise the Lord. Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exult in your king. Praise his name with dancing, accompanied by tambourine and harp. For the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let the praise of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron chains to execute the judgment written against them. This is the glorious privilege of his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven, praise him for his mighty works, praise him, praise his unequaled greatness, praise him with a blast of the ram's horn, praise him with the lyre and harp, praise him with the tambourine and dancing, praise him with strings and flutes, Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, hallelujah, thank you for the privilege we have of praising you, thanking you every day. Thank you, Father, for being our heavenly Father. Thank you for the wonderful and blessed gift of eternal life. Thank you for the privilege of being able to walk with you every day, and thank you for the opportunity to be vessels through which your spirit can reach to accomplish your work and your will and build your kingdom every single day. Lord, fill us anew with your spirit of joy, peace, and light. Empower us to be believers that passionately run after you every day. Help us to live in such a way that daily our longing is to simply be about your business and be carrying out your work and your will. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of the work of the building of your kingdom. Thank you for the opportunity to seek you in prayer daily, to seek you in your word, and empower us all to be much more faithful hearers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Isaac is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, love thank you so much for these moments thank you for pastor joseph and thank you for afr father i ask that you would move today during this broadcast that you'd speak through your word that you would speak to the hearts of the listeners and that they'd see more about your true character about who you really are and how you're fully 100 percent awesome and holy and loving and powerful and mighty father thank you so much for jesus and his blood um, thank you for grace and mercy. And Father, I ask that you'd grow us in maturity and in holiness and that you'd build your kingdom here, even now, and in our hearts. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family here on the Hour of Intercession. My email, once again, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. One of the prayer tools that we offer, we offer and share with listeners is entitled Kingdom Prayers, and it has 10 Bible-based prayers that are very productive for us to pray on a daily basis. If you'd like to get a copy, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. And remember this, everyone can use help, strength, and encouragement in their prayer life. We're called to be a people given to prayer, and even the church is referred to as the house of prayer. How important it is that we seek to Honor God and live a life fulfilling his calling upon our life, a big part of which is to live a life filled with prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to be your church, to be the people of God you've called us to be, the people given to prayer. Father, anoint us all afresh with the spirit of prayer. Empower us to be... Empower us to be the praying church, the interceding, the praising and worshiping church you'd have us to be. Thank you for that opportunity every single day of our lives. We thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And. Once again, I want to remind you and continue to remind and encourage you, make it your goal. And we would encourage you diligently, make it your goal to be praying Psalm 91 every single day. Remember, we live in a crazy, dangerous world that's dangerous in so many ways. And Psalm 91 is a unique and a wonderful weapon God has made available to every one of us. But the one of the key ways whereby we put it to work is simply making it our business to pray it over ourselves and our families Every single day. Let's take time to pray that together. Thank you, Lord, for all the persons we've lifted up in prayer today. Thank you for every one of our, list, everyone that's a part of our listening family even now. Lord, today we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and so we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Today we say of the Lord, you are our refuge and our fortress. Our God, in you do we trust. Surely you deliver us from the fouler snare and from the noisome pestilence. You cover us with your feathers, and under your wings do we trust. Your truth is our shield and buckler. And so we are not afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. "...nor for the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side, and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we look and see the reward of the wicked, because we have made the Lord our refuge. Even the most high habitation, no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come near our dwelling." For you give your angels charge over us to keep us all our ways. They bear us up in their hands lest we dash a foot against the stone. We tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent we trample underfoot because we have set our love upon you. Therefore you deliver us. You set us on high because we have known your name. We call upon you and you answer us. You are with us in trouble. You deliver us and honor us. With long life you satisfy us and show us your salvation. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And on an ongoing basis, we as believers are called to pray for our leaders, for those kings and those who are in authority in our government and the governments of the world. One of the reasons being, of course, is the Word of God specifically directs us to do that. And the fact is when God tells us to do something, remember, it's much more important than any of us fully grasp. And so how important is it that we take seriously God's commands to do just such a thing, praying for leaders and for those who are in authority? So we're going to take time to do that. And remember this, that, again, even when you disagree with leaders, that doesn't change the fact that God commands us to pray for our leaders. Uh, in, keep in mind, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, it tells us these words, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who warns everyone to be who who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Again, verses one through four of First Timothy chapter two. Thank you, Father, today for our president. Thank you for the vice president. Thank you for each member of Congress. Thank you for each member of our Supreme Court. Thank you for all the leaders in the government of our nation. And thank you for your hand of grace upon them. Father... Flood our nation with your light, peace, mercy, joy, and grace in the name of Jesus. Engulf them in your Holy Spirit. Do a perfect work in the midst. More and more, raise up righteous leaders that will honor, please, and glorify you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we ask that more and more you would remove wicked, wrong leaders that are not seeking to honor you in government in the name of Jesus. Flood our government with a greater portion of your mercy and light in the name of Jesus. And more and more, help us as the church to pray much for the leaders of our nation. Father, thank you for our nation as a whole. Flood the United States of America with your light, peace, mercy, joy, and grace in the name of Jesus. Send forth many more laborers into our nation who would proclaim the gospel and proclaim your truth in all the places you'd have it to be proclaimed in the name of Jesus. And more and more, move upon us, help us as individual believers to be faithful, to to live lives full of truth, to proclaim truth as you would have us to, to be believers committed to the sharing of the gospel as a lifestyle and committed to the work of making disciples as a lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Fill us anew with your Holy Spirit and more and more help us to be the effective vessels you'd have us to be carrying this work out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for all the nations of the world. Thank you for your hand of grace upon them. Send forth many more laborers into every nation of the world in the name of Jesus. And more and more help the church to be the faithful, bold, and committed church you'd have us to be in all the nations of the world in Jesus' name. And, Father, more and more, we pray for the leaders and the governments of all the nations of the world. Flood all the nations with your light, peace, mercy, grace, and joy. Flood the governments of all nations more and more with your light, peace, mercy, grace, and joy. In Jesus' name, thank you for us again as a nation. And thank you for us thank you for us as the church. And thank you for us as a nation, Lord. Uh, thank you for your hand of grace upon us, Father. Help us as the church and as a nation to put you first. Help us to make no graven images. Help us, Lord, to not take your name in vain. Help us, Lord, to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Help us, Lord, to honor our fathers and our mothers. Help us, Lord, to not murder. Help us to not commit adultery. Help us to not steal. Help us to tell the truth. Help us to not covet. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, you're listening to the Hour of Intercession. And as I mentioned, uh, the prayer tool that we call Kingdom Prayers is a tool that has psalm 91 on it it also has uh, a prayer of salvation on it it has the prayer based on praying the ten commandments and a number of other helpful prayers and remember this again all of us can use help strength and encouragement in our prayer life so simply email us if you'd like to get a copy of the kingdom prayers prayer tool we're glad to share it once again my email joseph at afr.net again that's joseph at afr.net Thank you again, Father, for us as your church all over the world. Lord, anoint us afresh with the spirit of prayer, praise, worship, and thanksgiving. Lord, help us to recognize, Lord, that every day, whether we fully grasp this or not, every day our prayers make a difference. Every day our prayers, as we pray according to your word, make, uh, again, make an impact on the work of the building of your kingdom. Help us to never have the idea. Help us to never make the mistake of thinking our prayers are insignificant and that they accomplish nothing. You told us in your word, you let us know in your word that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Thank you for how the daily our prayers are powerful and effective and they do great exploits in building your kingdom every day. And they do work in both building your kingdom and tearing down the kingdom of darkness. Thank you for that opportunity. And thank you for the opportunity, Lord, for us to model lives of prayer before our children and young people. Thank you for the opportunity to teach them to be people, individuals of prayer, and more and more help us to be encouraging them along that line. Thank you once again for the nation of Israel and the nations in the Middle East. Flood them with your spirit, mercy and grace and pour your mercy and grace and peace upon them in much greater measure. Bless them, we pray for the peace of Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem in the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. If you're listening to the hour of intercession. We'll be right back. Song with a song simply entitled "Oceans." Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Uh, to begin with, a reading Psalm one twenty-two. Before we get to the uh, reading through the Word of God, specific portion Psalm one twenty-two, beginning at verse one. I was glad when they said to me, "Let us go to the house of the Lord." And now here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord, as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, May you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Thank you once again, Father, for the nation of Israel. Thank you for your hand of grace upon them. Thank you for your mercy at work in their lives. Father, pour out in much greater measure your mercy, light, grace, peace and power upon the nation of Israel in the name of Jesus. Lord, send forth many more laborers into the nation of Israel who will proclaim the gospel and proclaim the fact that Jesus is our Messiah and he's the Lord and I pray that you'd raise up many more laborers to go into the nation of Israel to proclaim the gospel, bring many to Christ, Millions to Christ for your glory in Jesus' name, Lord. And help the church to shine brighter than ever as they proclaim the truth of the gospel in the nation of Israel in the name of Jesus. Thank you for all the nations in the Middle East, Father. Flood them with a greater portion of your mercy, light, grace, peace, and joy as well. Send forth many more laborers into all the nations of the Middle East in the name of Jesus so that many would go forth to proclaim the gospel and bring many more, millions more to Christ in the name of Jesus in the midst of all that's going on. More and more, raise up your church to be the church you'd have us to be, proclaiming boldly your word, your truth, and the gospel of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. More and more, help us to recognize it. The gospel and your word is what the world desperately needs. Help us to be, as the church, about your business of proclaiming Jesus and your truth to the world. We thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up now in the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko in Judah and Azekah at Ephes Damim. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the Valley of Eli, the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistines' ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor-bearer walked ahead of him, carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse. An Ephrathite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shimeah, had already had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army. But David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day Jesse said to David, "'Take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts, as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The man asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing nearby, What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now? David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or a bear... When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, And I will kill you and cut your head and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Shea-Araim, as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the desert, and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. David took the Philistine's head to Jerusalem, but he stored the man's armor in his own tent. As Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? I really don't know, Abner declared. Well, find out who he is, the king told him. As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. Tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. And David replied, His name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. 1 Samuel chapter 18. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David. Together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made a commander. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, Women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. Verses 1 through 6. 1 Samuel chapter 18. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're reading through the Word of God. We'll be back. song, Young and Free, Every Little Thing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Word of God in the book, in the New Testament, the book of Romans, Romans chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she married, when she remarries. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are, no, and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sins. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said, you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, The power of sin came to life, and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. But still, the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. But how can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. So the trouble is not with the law, but it is spiritual, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead I do what I hate. But if I know that but if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one who doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at, that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Romans chapter 8. So now, There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent by the sinful nature, think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as to the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something, we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us, for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Verses 1 through 30, Romans chapter 8. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. As we've been reading through the Word of God, and as we usually do before we end the broadcast, Today, if you desire to be saved, today is a wonderful day, a great day to be saved, to fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, this is a decision that has eternal results. How important it is that you know that the single most important decision in life is the decision to give your heart and whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make that step genuinely from your heart, would you simply pray this prayer from your heart and fully commit your heart and life to the Lord Would you simply pray this prayer with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you and live for you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed and committed your heart and life to the Lord today, we very much want to be in touch with you. Please email us. My email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are discipleship tools that will help you to, be, to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord and put roots deep in your new walk with the Lord. Please email us again at email joseph at afr.net. And remember, if you're a believer, if you're not reading your Bible every day, today is a good day to start that very important and fruitful habit of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day. It's a habit that will bless your socks off. Hope that you'll start it today. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.